Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 23rd episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. I am Henry Bell, your co-host for today in a very typically drizzly and grey Scottish uh, evening. Luckily I'm joined as ever by Michele Borelli at Napoli Tickets on Twitter who is there, sat there in Naples in Napoli. Michele, how are you today? Ciao everyone, it's been a long time been a long time we have had a chat every once in a while but yeah i mean we didn't have time to do anything at all it's yeah it's been way too long but hopefully fortunately nothing nothing too dramatic has happened in the meantime so yes we are all happy relaxed and now we're taking our break as well not from the podcast actually it's gonna be quite the opposite right we're gonna do more during the break but yeah we're gonna have a little bit more time to do this hello everyone was there a little part of you? I mean, we've both been really busy because when it's two games a week for you, it's absolutely crazy, isn't it? Because of all the tickets and stuff. Uh, for me, it's like I can find enough time to watch the games, but not much else. But was there a little bit of you that was a bit superstitious about this show? Like we've been away for seven <laughs> games. We've won six of them and lost one that was meaningless against against Liverpool. Um, little bit of you think... Maybe it's best if we didn't say anything. No, no. So, okay, I'll say something now. I am not a superstitious person. I do kind of like there's a saying in Napoli, and this is not the Napolitan phrase of the week, but there is a saying that says like, it's not true, but I believe it. And uh, yeah, it's often applied to to this kind of like good luck charms and uh, superstition. It's not true. I still don't want to risk it sometimes, just when it comes to football. Having said that, um, the reason why I don't say the S word uh, is not because of superstitions, because it's too much for me to handle, like, emotionally. Yeah, it's the the psychological trauma. That's why we say it. Yeah, yeah, but some people believe I don't want to do it. Like, people answer, ah, yeah, no, you're Napolitan. You don't want to say it because it's superstition. I never say it's not true. I don't want to elaborate because, again, I want to avoid the subject completely. So I'm happy to say, yeah, 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 superstition. But that's actually not true. I don't want to talk about it because I'm not prepared to handle it. It's just, it's way too much, even to to phantom the, the possibility of, doing something like that that's why i we talk about believing or not believing <laughs> yeah well more of that a bit later um so this is number 23 that's before we get into anything else michele what is number 23 in the napoli tombola and um, number 23 is one of the most famous numbers in the tombola it's one of those few numbers which everyone in napoli knows and it's actually used in common you know, conversations, uh, everyday conversation to to call people, basically. To, it's used on people, by people. So um, number 23 is the stupid man, or shame, the stupid man. And yes, and and Henry Bell is actually, <laughs> is actually celebrating at that. Why, do you identify with this number, Henry Bell? Oh, shame. I've heard that so many times. I've seen it written on Twitter so many times. To my shame, I didn't know that. So that, <laughs> I'm glad that. I thought I was getting a compliment and people were calling me that. I'm quite pleased that I now know. I should have more enemies, Michele. Yeah, so number 23 is one of those numbers that you just say, ah, you're such a 23, you're 23, you know what your number is, 23. Everyone everyone knows what 23 is, everyone knows what 71 is, and uh, yeah, a few a few more. But 23 might be actually the most famous one. Well, Love it. You know why? I mean, it's quite flexible as a number. You can use it for for, for a lot of people. Michael, well, exactly. It was Michael Jordan's number was 23, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe uh, he didn't know about the Napolitan Tombola. Or maybe he did. If, if only he did. I'm trying, who is our number 23? I'm asking a stupid question. Do we have for number me, 23? For me, I'm not, not sure. I don't think so. But for me, number 23 will always be Gargano. I think it was Gar- Walter yeah, Gargano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I associate number 23 with, with Walter, Walter Uragano Gargano. He was such that classic player when we just had three. We had the three brilliant, dazzling talents of Lovetsu, Hamsik, and Cavani, and then just like a bunch the butchers of butchers behind them. 
Yeah. Like pazienza, verami, gargano, aronica. I can imagine all of them like in an apron. You know, I mean, a bloodied apron <laughs> holding one of those big butchers. It's it's very easy for my to go there. Um, anyway, so yeah, we've been away for ages. Uh, what's happened? We Napoli beat Roma away 1-0. Rangers at home 3-0. Sassuolo at home 4-0. They lost to Liverpool in Liverpool 2-0. You were there. Yeah. Uh, we beat Atlanta away 2-1. Empoli 2-0 at home. And most recently, the 3-2 victory over Udinese. Now, don't worry, listeners, we're not going to go through every single one of those games. But what I will ask you, Michele, is out of that run, what memories stick in your head? Maybe give us a couple of of things that have stuck in your head from either being in the stadium or being in Naples or traveling away to some of the games. What, without even thinking about it, what pops into your head about that, those runner games? I think one of the most memorable ones was the Roma game. Like it's one of the first ones that comes into mind. I also liked a lot the Bologna game. So I would say the Roma game and the Bologna game, some some games this season are giving me some kind of like message, you know, like a vibe that a clear indication that last any other season it wouldn't have win uh, it wouldn't have been a, a win. So Roma game was one of them. Like it was quite similar to what we did last season so it's a zero zero even though i mean we 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 played better than roma you know but i I could tell you know but the way the game was going um any other season we would have tied probably because you know playing against Mourinho is always quite tough last season we went to roma and we played for a draw which i always said it was a big mistake even though it was quite celebrated after that but then everyone went to roma and won anyway so i mean there was absolutely nothing to celebrate. I'm happy that this time we went to Rome and we actually played to win. We didn't create a lot of chances, but we... And that was that goal from Ossiman, right? The yeah, incredible... Unbelievable. Incredible angle and strength and just like number nine, classic number nine. Like, I think I, I very rarely tweet the players directly. And I, I just <laughs> told Ossiman that, that he was my Cavani. Whether or not he got the reference, I don't know how much... He knows about the past of ADL, etc. That was one of my favorite. I think that's one of those goals that's going to stay in our our collective memory. Don't you reckon? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but and actually, we haven't had a win. Yeah. We haven't had a player to score that kind of goal in in recent memory. You know what I mean? Like, much as we love all the various players that have done quite well, we haven't had a player like that to score that kind of goal. Maybe sure. since Cavani. But very good choice. Sure, Anything else? Um, I had the same feeling for the Bologna game. I think any other season we would have actually lost the Bologna game. I think the Bologna game came at a moment where the team was quite tired. And uh, you could tell, you know, it was quite tired. I think they, I don't think this team takes games for granted, but I think at some point, you know, at some moment during games, especially against the smaller size, they get a a bit complacent and, uh, I think the Bologna game was one of those games. I think, if I remember correctly, at one point, Napoli basically stopped playing. I think we conceded first, and then we 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 scored after that. So yeah, I, I do remember that uh, it was, you know, quite an emotional win, also because it was the kind of win that goes against what I'm used to seeing um, as a Napoli fan. So I've I've been having this feeling a lot and. I'm I'm scared by it because a I, lot it doesn't of things, make sense to me. It doesn't make no, any sense. Yeah, same. A lot of things that are very unnapoli are happening. You know, like these are not things that we should be doing as a Napoli as 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 a Napoli team. And no, they're just happening. You know, like all these wins. I'm not even mentioning you know the the all these like the what like eleven wins in a row. Thirteen. I don't. I don't I, I've even lost count. But yeah, I don't really just, understand the records. There's like we'd won. And all competitions 13, right? And then we lost to Liverpool, but now it's 11 in a row in the league. Um, Doesn't make Sardi, any sense to me. Sadi got 13 in a row in the league, but that was spread over two seasons. What interesting to mention Bologna, that was another Ossiman winner. Yeah. And it's interesting actually looking at this block of games where we've been off not podcasting. Maybe the previous block belonged to Kavalek Celia. Was this block? I think belongs to to Victor. I would say if you look back at those games. But the, then again, you know, 
like this, this is one of the other things that doesn't that don't make any sense to me at all. So we are used to like as a team, you know, we don't have a lot of resources. We're not we're not always at a very long bench. So every time one of the starter uh, starters uh, got injured or for some reason missed games, we didn't have a proper replacement. Even if we did have a replacement, it wasn't you know at the same level. But now since the beginning of the season, so um, we lost a man at the very beginning, kind of like it was in September, I think, or October. I don't yeah. remember. And uh, yeah, so Raspadori had to play, and Raspadori who scored well, how many goals in Champions? Like four goals in Champions League, and he played wonderful. He made us win the games against uh, Sampdoria, if I remember correctly. Big goals as well, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. and then yeah, then after that you rotate and you play Simeone, and Simeone makes us win crucial game, important games. You know, like. Simeone is the reason why we won in Milan, you know, against Milan in Milan. Like, how do you, like, the importance of that win cannot be understated. Like, Pioli's still crying about that. And he's still saying, ah, <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, sure, Merry Christmas, but, uh, you know, like, we shouldn't have lost against Napoli. Like, every interview he talks about that. It's so funny. And how lucky and, uh, were they this weekend? Anyway, it's fun. Yeah, and then, again, we, lo- we lose Rachmani, and then we play... Uh, Ostigard, the Ostigard has been quite good, and we play Juan Jesus, and we honestly like the, people didn't even remember that we're not playing with our starter, you know, because Rachmani Elmas. Is, is yeah, yeah. Elmas, Elmas is another Elmas another example. We lose Kvaratskhelia, and everyone says so. But basically, like everyone says, ah, oh, yeah, this Napoli is Osimen centric. Then we lose Osimen, and we don't even notice it. Like we win all games, and his replacements are even like like arguably even better at the time. Then we lose. Kvartskelia, everyone says, ah, you know, but Napoli is Kvartskelia-centric. It's like the best player in the league. And yeah, I mean, we haven't been as brilliant, I'm going to say. But still, I mean, we won all games when Kvartskelia, that Kvartskelia hasn't, hasn't, hasn't played. And I was talking to some friends and we we're like, you know, everyone seems to be perfect in this first half of the season. Do you think is there any disappointing player or at least a player that is not performing at his very best and I said Elmas that yeah Elmas mm-hmm. is not really like he's kind of confused when he plays like you can even tell like where you should play midfield or uh, as a winger then he comes and he scores two <laughs> two goals in a row and what a goal that was against Udinese so then again like you lose the Beautiful. best arguably the best player in the team and in the league some people argue and Elmas yep. steps up and I mean we don't miss Kvartskelia. I mean, it's it's like it, to me, this doesn't make any sense at all. But it is also no. the sign of a team which is well coached, well trained, and a team that knows what to do at all times. Otherwise, it's so clear. I mean, I would say yeah. that for me, the big there's lots of things to think about this first half of the season. But like that for me is what we can see. We saw it with Sari that everybody knew their role so well, perhaps even too much, like it was almost too rigid as a system. What I'm loving about this team is that everybody knows their role even when things have to change. So even when there's a a mid-game change or if there's a substitution we're not expecting or one game will play possession, the next game will play on the counter. With that flexibility even then everybody knows exactly what they're doing and that is so tough to get you know from a kind of coaching perspective so we have to give Spalletti some major major props here I think um so one last thing Elmas what I'd like to happen with Elmas is what we're seeing now with Zielinski so Zielinski now is most informed attacking midfielder in Europe maybe like incredible season he's had finally you know, he had a really good season the season before last, but like now he's really at that level. That hamsick apprentice is now being served. I'd love the same thing to happen with Elmas. And then we can have this beautiful con- continuity from hamsick to Zielinski to Elmas. Now, I know that Elmas isn't playing in Zielinski's position at the moment, but I'd I'd love to know if Zielinski's like mentoring Elmas because I could I could imagine that kind of lineage of player i just think elmas looks right in a napoli shirt i don't know what what you've made of him he's been inconsistent but when he's played well he's really seemed like a proper napoli player don't you reckon i'll be honest i don't really like elmas too much oh no yeah no it's just i I don't know it's just 
it, like Elmas and so there are some players which to me I would put like probably Elmas and Dombele in the same group. So they give me the you know sensation of um playing their own game. Like I don't see them being too much of a like team player. Really? Like, they are good, but especially Dombele, Elmas a little bit less. But it seems to me that when they have the ball, they they kind of they are kind of like in their own world. Um, Lozano used to give me this feeling as well, and uh, I don't think that yeah. will, that works too well in in this team in Napoli. Something uh, to work on though for the future, maybe for Elmas. Yeah, you know? but I mean, it's like no one can argue against against Elmas right now. It's just you know, after after a goal like that, and uh, you know, it's just. It's playing well. I mean, it's not it's not Clark Scalia, but it's it's useful. You know, that's that's good because again, we have some players which are not useful. We have some roles which don't have a substitution, yeah. like Di Lorenzo, for example. And yeah, he's alright. I mean, yeah, I mean, come he's on, a... like Spalletti is it's been amazing so far, but he's no magician. He's not gonna he's not gonna make Zanoli a proper. A Your proper football player. player. I'm sorry, but it's not. I mean, he said he said so himself. So, uh, so yeah, I don't. Yeah, we still lack some quality there, but you know, but, Elmas has been again. is a functional player of this team, and we know that if Elmas plays, is not gonna. We're not gonna have a hole in that part of the pitch. You know, he's exactly. actually gonna put in the effort. He's actually gonna contribute to a win, like it happened on Saturday. Sonata Cordo. Okay. Talking about Saturday, so obviously you were there. It was a home game. You were there in Corva B. Uh, we've got so much to cover. We've got millions of listener questions. So let's, in a nutshell, like what's going to be, going back to th- this perspective that I'm saying that we're walking down Piazza Plevisito as old man, and you're going to be telling me, oh, I remember that Udinese game. What's the... What's the what's the memory that comes back to Nonno Michele in in sixty years time? Ah, that's easy. So Napoli Dinese is the game where everybody cried at the end of the game in November. So it's not even like a final or something like. But I was surrounded by people who were crying at the end of Napoli Dinese, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna say I wasn't one of them. So yes, that happened. Crying is was, okay. And that was just just too much. Too much. I don't wanna I don't wanna elaborate further about it. I don't know, like it's I'm not embarrassed by it, but it just uh I don't know, like it's way too early for that, but you know, but it's like, how did it, it start then? So just talk me through it. Because we're not like, superstitious. No, funny. no, it's not about superstition, it's just that you know it's you are winning comfortably 3 nil, and you are kind of projecting yourself at you know in, in at January and uh, at the at the break, you know, you think okay, this game is done. Uh next, you know, let's think about you know going we're gonna go to the to the World Cup break with plus eight um on the second uh, on the second place Milan. You so you relax and the team also relax, you know. Um, Spalletti substituting players who are gonna go to the World Cup, so he's also relaxing. Everyone, I think, took this win for granted at one point. Especially, I mean, it was ten minutes to the end of the game, and then Udinese scores. You know, not nice to see. We're not used to conceding too much this season, so it's always a shock. But I mean, three-one. I mean, that's why that's why you're relaxed when you're three goals up because you can afford to concede one. But then two minutes later, we, you concede the second. And a lot of you know demons show up from the past. A lot of ah, ah, good old Napoli, you know. Like so, what was Napoli. it like in the stands then when that when that second goal went? No, in? everyone what like silence. You know, like everyone was. I think everyone was like extremely scared. It's easy to say, but everyone felt okay. This is the end of it. You know, like I think it was much. The thing is, when you win so many games, and when you are plus eight on the second, and you, know, you can't help but think about things for the future uh every win counts every game is a final now so every goal is celebrated like a 
you know, a final goal, like a Champions League final goal. Every every point counts. Every win is like, honestly, it does feel like a final. Every time we play, you know, it does feel like a final because it's so many wins in a row. And honestly, every win gets you closer to the to the final, you know, destination. Let's say. Dream. So so, so even even the no, it, yeah no so, no but that's that's the thing even. The pers- even the 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 possibility of not winning one game, it can it can maybe maybe you know that's not very healthy, but it make I think it makes us feel like it makes us feel like the 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 house is crumbling, you know, like everything is falling apart. Even just one game, which sounds absurd, you know, because we can, I mean, we're not gonna win all games until June. Obviously, we're gonna lose some games, we're gonna tie some games, we're gonna win some more. I hope, but. Even even the possibility of not winning one, especially at home, especially when it seems done, it's 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 too much. You know, it's like okay, this is it. Okay, so we hoped, but it's we're going back to the to our old ways. You know, it's very hard to explain. But I did feel after the second goal, not the first, after the second goal, a lot of people felt okay. That's that's it. Okay, and everyone was. I know, so stressed, man. So stressed. There was I a felt lot. Sick. And a I, lot of, in, I, felt, I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I was I was this. talking to a friend of mine next to me. I was telling him because I promised to give him a ride after the game. And I said, Look, I I don't feel too well. Because the thing is that I didn't even I didn't even associate my my um like emotions that I my uh feeling sick at the time with, with the game. You know, it was three two, but I was like, okay, this is like this is way too much, you know. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I have to go, you know, get take the train to go home because I I don't feel too well. I have to go home after this. It's like I, I don't feel too well, but it was actually I, it was actually due to the game because after the game, at, at the final whistle, um, I just you know like all the tension just washed away. I felt like I was basically almost shivering, and I felt, I don't know I felt like, you know, like just like ah, uh, you know, like when you have a big exam and you prepare for this exam for like weeks, months, you know, days, and then you do the exam and then it's over. And then like the, the thing you were worried about for months, for weeks, for days is, is a thing of the past that you can deal with it. It's like, wow, I worried for months about this and finally it's over and it's over and I actually did it and it, I did it well. It's like, it's kind of hard to fathom it. You're still stressed, even though it's, it's a thing of the past. And, that's how I felt, and I was, I mean, at some some tears came down, tears of, I, I wouldn't say tears of joy, you know, it wasn't tears of joy, it was yeah. tears of, you know, of stress. I know when I cried Relief. of happiness. Yeah, I cried yeah, yeah. of happiness for Napoli in the past. This was not a, you know, there was these were not tears of joy. I, obviously, obviously, I was relieved, but it wasn't, I wasn't joyous, you know, I was like, yeah. just like relieved, like totally relieved, and like all the stress washed away. And the funny thing is that, um that happened and then i walked around the you know the place where i mean curva b and then i saw a couple next to me and it's actually a funny story because these two guys met in curva b they were a very nice couple young couple and uh they're gonna get married soon so they met in curva b actually and they were both crying so we looked at each other just like I don't know, like you know, with like red puffy eyes, and the, the girl was still crying, and the you know, like the the guy was crying and hugging her, and we all looked at each other, which we were just like, oof, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what, that is too much. Like we didn't even like, uh, just like you know, like we didn't say much, but just like looking at each other, we just nodded to each other, was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we won this, but we're not gonna last until June. If this, you know, if this keeps happening. So, and I do believe that. So I really do believe that. I was shaking after this game. This is not good for me. No. Uh, this is really, really bad. And well, don't, was... don't look ahead to the next fixtures, Michaela. I know they're a long way away. I know where they are. Yeah. Enter a new way within yeah. three, three fixtures of each other. Uh, I think that's beautiful. I want to know more about this couple. I think we should come back to talking about them mm-hmm. at some point in the next few weeks. They met in a football stadium. I love it. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's so whenever I talk to you, I, it's funny because your whole like response and reaction to what I've seen on the TV is like 
amplified sort of like times a hundred. So I was feeling a bit queasy, but you know, it sounds like you were like not medically fit to drive at the end. No, I was, I, I was honestly feeling like I, at some point I, I was thinking and I never do it. And, and I don't think I've ever did it, but I was honestly thinking about leaving the stadium early because I was like, it was too much. I honestly felt like it was something else because mm. I, I felt way too sick, you know, like my stomach, everything was, but then the game ended and, you know, people were actually looking at me and laughing because I mean, and they were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And they were hugging me and laughing. And, uh, and then I was like, yeah, now I'm fine. Now I'm better. Now I'm, now I'm all good. And they didn't believe it because I was, I was actually like very pale and everything. But, you know, after the game, I was ab- absolutely fine. I did end up giving a ride to my friend. So I was absolutely fine, but I didn't, I didn't link, you know, my, physical well-being to the game at the time and though it was i mean now it's clear that that was it but it was like way too much tension too much tension. so if, you, if you're listening napoli squad you need to be just five nil up at half time in every yes, game please otherwise yes, michaela's please. health is at risk so yeah but it's, it's it's how you said you know like the stadium is kind of like a multiplier so if you feel sad you feel much sadder if you feel happy you feel much happier you know and it kind of makes helps you process these feelings even though they are bigger and they are more intense but you're surrounded by people who feel the same way and again like it, it was very surprising to me that again some of who knows how many other people were crying you know like it was just like these guys were right next to me like two seats to my to the right so it wasn't like i i went and found them it was uh, it was right next to me and who knows how many how many more if you remember i told you i think one of the first episodes that i'm kind of like the average napoli fan so everything i feel is kind of like how everyone feels more or less so sometimes i forget about it but yeah i think it it's, it always applies it always applies it's the whole cliche but the cliche about theater is that the experience of being an audience member it's, it's known as a shared experience you know there's in fact there's a theater company that used to exist called shared experience and it's funny hearing you say that i'm reminded of the the premiere of a play called Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller, really famous American play, 1940s. And apparently, after the end of this first performance, there was just silence. And all you could hear was the sound of men weeping. That's what Arthur Miller said. It's just the sound of men weeping. Right. Now, hopefully, these days, both men and women can go to see the theater. And people who identify as non binary as well. But like, um, yeah, I've just got this image. I'm sure it's not like that. This kind of silent Stadio San Paolo, so Maradona, and just the sound of 50,000 people weeping. <laughs> no, this not, not as theatrical as that. You know, like the so curva was still, when I say silent, I mean, the curva was still chanting. Everyone was oh, still no, like, they quite loud. Yeah, but still, you know, it was like it, you, you can tell that something has changed. This is quite clear to me. Um, mm. A lot of people are, you know, everything is much more intense now. It's, I do think that people are, you know, what I, we are in the fight, you know, and again, every minute, every goal counts. Every, like a three nil, you're going to celebrate it like a, like a one nil, you know, it's, it's, everything becomes so much, so important right now. Uh, just, I don't know, it's so intense. Like the stadium yeah. is always full, and yeah. and yet the team's up for it though. Yeah, With all that stuff again that they're responding on the pitch. Yeah, one of the other things which don't make any sense to me. If you remember last season, yeah, yeah. every time the stadium was full, the team didn't perform, and some people were saying, "Oh yeah, maybe we need to empty the stadium and they're gonna play well." But now it's this the exact opposite. Every time the stadium is full, which is always now, uh, the team win, which is always. So yeah, yeah I mean, let's keep going. And talking about something I want to talk about is this new, I believe it's a new chance about Vesuvio and a kind of reclaiming of it. Um, I don't want to spend a huge amount of time on this, but I know that I've seen quite a lot of people sort of talking about it on Twitter and on podcasts and stuff. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about it and what you think this signifies, if anything? All right. We, so, should we see this reclaiming of the Vesuvio chant as a as another indicator of this special season? All right. So there is a chant which is quite new. I mean, I wouldn't even say it's a chant. It's not really a chant, but it's something people sing to 
and uh, basically this the, this uh, chant is chanted to the tune of "Free from Desire," which is a classic. Yeah, dance yeah, chain. yeah, exactly, and uh, it's quite famous. A lot of, it is played in a lot of stadiums all around Italy, and it was Free made. From desire. Yeah, exactly, and uh, a lot like Milan fans adopted this uh, song as a kind of like their scudetto chant a little bit, and they. Quite obnoxiously, they sing uh, Pioli's on fire, uh, basically, to the tune of Free from Desire, which I find, whatever, okay. I'm not going to go further in commenting what Milan fans choose to sing. But yeah. one of the, one of the uh, ways a lot of fan bases sing um, to this tune all around Italy is um, in, a, in racist terms, let's say. I mean, it's not really racist, but, you know, like, let's say it's quite... Of, Discriminatory, yeah, discriminatory. Like to attack Napoli, you know. Even when Napoli doesn't play, they say basically they chant to this tune with the uh, Vesuvius erupts, all Napoli is destroyed. So Vesuvia rutta, tutta Napoli distrutta. It's quite like it's a, an entire song. At one point, it became even even more famous because someone uploaded it on Spotify. So it became even more famous because a lot of people were sharing this song on Spotify of like a single guy just singing, you know, um, I have a dream, the Vesuvius erupts and old Napoli is destroyed again to the tune of Free From Desire. And that he sounds like a, a bit of a number 23 to me. Yeah, no, a lot. Yeah, even 71. But yeah, it takes a while. It's going to take a while to cover 71. But yeah, it's a little bit of a 71 as well. Um, I'll be honest with you. I found this song extremely funny. I loved it. I've listened to the to the Spotify version of it like so many times. Then it got banned, sadly. But it was so ridiculous to me, you know, just like like this guy taking himself seriously, singing about Vesuvius erupting. It was so funny to me. So I started singing it, you know, like it was so funny. So I think this song being on Spotify made it quite famous. Mm. You know, this version obviously of this song. And not not long after, again, as I told you, like what I feel is what like the average Napoli fan feels. So I found it so funny that I sang it because it was so funny to me. Like I was singing, oh, Vesuvia raps, Vesuvia raps. After not not long after that, um, we basically started singing it in the stadium. So what happens is that this song, even previously, you know, even last season or two seasons, I think they started doing it last season. So this song is always played at uh, halftime. Um, in the Maradona, San Paolo. It's the last song the they original, made at time. The original, the original, the of course. Spotify. No, no, always the original, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's quite, you know, it's quite a, you know, a to be honest, it's a, it's a nice tune. It's, it's quite a nice stadium song, I would say. You know, it gets people excited. So even last season, every time it was played, it involved a lot of people in the stadium. A lot of people sang to it and uh, they danced to it, like the original version. Then we, this, we both did. We both did. I loved it. I mean, you saw me. I was just like, was I mean, it's just like I don't know. I think it was a little bit of a. I might be confused about this, but I think it was a bit of a Napolitan tradition to have this song like a few years ago and and dance to it as a chant. Again, uh, when they put on Spotify the the discriminatory discriminatory the Vesuvius version of this song, it made the rounds. It went on, you know, like mainstream media people say like ah oh, you know shocking shocking um in napoli instead of being shocked basically what happened was that people took it and the next time they played it at halftime people actually instead of just that just like neutrally dancing to the original version of the song everyone the whole stadium i think it started in curva b so initially curva b started chanting uh, the chorus of this song with vesuvio rap so napoli is destroyed and you know, it, you know, after a game after game, more and more people got involved, and now it it became some kind of tradition. So, and it, for me, to me, it's so funny. It's just so funny because it's have they have like, they changed the words at all, or is it is it the same? No, it's the same original. Obviously, it's like the DJ plays the the stadium DJ plays the original song, but it's so funny to me because it's the last song before the second half begins. And every like as soon as you hear the beginning of the song, like you can tell like the whole stadium wakes up. It's amazing. Like 
Honestly, it's it's it's. I, I think I'm gonna get, I'm gonna record the video next time because again, everyone yes, is kind of sleepy, you know, like 15 minutes of half time, and then you hear the first notes of the song, and you can hear like oh in the whole stadium, <laughs> and everyone starts clapping, and then <laughs> when the chorus comes, everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone starts singing to it. With the so all four stands, they with both the, cool. all four sides, you can like. I was actually, I'm not singing it lately, not because I don't enjoy it, because I want to, and I want to hear, I want to see the whole stadium do it. I was, uh, I was paying attention to the Nisa game, the whole stadium, the whole, even the family section. So, children, old people, families, couples, ultras, everyone, everyone is singing and dancing to the Vesuvius erupts. All Napoli is destroyed. The whole city is destroyed version of Free From Desire. The whole stadium. It's unbelievable. And the DJ Amazing. actually lowers the volume of the, the, of the chorus. So you can actually hear the whole stadium just, again, erupting. Like the Isn't that says. powerful? Though? I mean, because we were WhatsApping about this and you were mocking me for over-intellectualizing this. <laughs> but isn't there something here? I mean, the, for all these years of this kind of reaction against referees or things not going our way or ADL or chance, there's something like powerful about the reclaiming of this thing that's kind of saying, fuck you, this is our season. Don't you reckon? Or am I over-intellectualizing? And I think the players can pick up on this. I So what I made fun of you about was that this was linked to the like the team's performance this season. And uh, I can say that this is not the case simply because Napoli's fans have always been this ironic, you know, in the past. We, we've, we've had a chant about the Vesuvius erupting for a few years. Uh, it, it's not ironic, but it's kind of like, you know, we don't care about Vesuvius. It's the land we love. It's kind of like, it's still an answer to to this discriminatory chance because everywhere we go in Italy, there are chants, you know, about Vesuvius erupting, Vesuvius erupting. So yeah. yes, we are, I mean, the idea behind it is that, okay, let's take this chant, let's make it ours and, you know, let's show them that it's not something that affects us. You know, it's kind of like, let's make fun of it so much that people will feel pathetic singing it. It's not that structure obviously, because when something is chanted by 50,000 people, it's not like everyone is saying, oh yeah, I'm going to chant this because this yeah, is yeah, the yeah, meaning. Yeah, yeah. This is the it's just something, like if you have to involve so many people from, you know, so many different extractions, you know, like uh, children and young, rich, poor, uh, it has to be something much more basic. It's just fun. You know, it's just fun. It's just something we do all together. It's something to make fun of people who make fun of us. It's kind of like, uh, I want you to die, and we just do like the Napolitan traditional, you know, to them. So we don't, we really like, okay, yeah, whatever, yeah, keep chanting it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's all celebrate the visit with erupting. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that what's okay. going on on the pitch? Though? I mean, I know I'm not saying no, there's, that's there's not a the connection. case. That's not the case. This is how the, the team case. is playing. As fine, my my colleague uh, Kirsten Schluitz talks about this team being young and fun, and there is this sense of fun anyway. I'm not going to over-intellectualize this anymore, but that's super interesting. So those of you that are going to come and visit Naples, Ken is going to come and visit Naples in in January. Um, just look out for that at half time. Um, and actually, Michaela, you've been talking about redoing a website for about 10 years now, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's true. I've been busy though. No, I swear. Like I have, I tweeted about it yesterday or yeah, like this week it's, I have a huge, like we had a backlog of games to cover on our podcast. I have a huge backlog of, of messages to answer on, you know, on, on Twitter and everything. It's like after I've answered all the messages, then I will start working on websites. So hopefully in a couple of days, I will be done with all the past DMs. And that will be, you know, the, the website is almost, I, I swear, I, I've been saying it for months, but it's true. It's, it's almost done. It's almost done. I swear. I like, I've but solved all the problems. It, but part of it is going to be about chance, right? And you're going to sort I, of explain them and translate them and stuff. Yes. Yes. I actually wrote it down, like like writing an article about chance. Just like it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, chance in, in Italian, then translation in English. And I'm going to attach videos and I'm going to take videos myself. I think I don't want to, I don't want to take them on from, from YouTube. Yeah. I'm going to record videos myself. I'm going to upload them on the, on the website. So. 
So yeah, everyone will be able to, you know, even to learn. You know, a lot of people ask me, oh yeah, but can, I want to go to Curva, but I want to learn the chance. Do you know, yeah. like how can I learn? Yeah, it's not easy. And, and again, it's not necessary. It's nice to do it if you want to do it. Obviously, it's not mandatory. But uh, yeah, I will. I, I promise. I Watch promise. I will do it. I will do it. I promise. And listeners, do tell us if you'd like a show about. Maybe this we could do this in the break. Actually, we could do a show about the chance. Uh, but as you said to me, like some of them are, are crap. So let's yeah. not oversell them. There are some chants which I refuse to chant because, again, uh, let's not forget that your trusts are not really like you know like Harvard graduates or something. Mm. You know, like some of them are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can cover that too. You know, it's just that. Uh, the, the idea behind it is that the players on the pitch can't really say, tell which chants we are singing. It's all about making noise. Still, I refuse to chant some chants because they are so awful that it, you know, I, I honestly can't pronounce those words. It's just like so awful. They are not, nothing too bad, you know, but they're kind of like a little bit of like celebration of, you know, like, let's say criminal ways. Kind yeah. Of. And there was some stuff know. with some of the Inter Ultras a couple of weeks ago that was pretty dodgy with that stuff as well. So like, yeah, but some of them are great. Like John Improviso and most uh, of them, most of them. And fortunately the ones, the ones that get popular are the actual good ones. You know, the ones that are, you know, celebratory of, you know, it's, you know, uh, and again, not too much, just like there's a new chant, for example, it says like, I've wrote like one of the parts of this chant says, I've wrote this chant in a jail cell. Like, how can I even, like, I feel ridiculous chanting something like that, you know? It's not even a bad chant, to be honest, because it's like half professing love to the team and half fighting against the police. Uh, you know, uh, uh. I, I think I you're selling yourself laugh. short, Michaela. You're, you're, a tough, you're a tough guy. Yeah, well, I don't want to fight against the police. No. I don't wanna, I'm a peaceful guy. I don't want to. Peaceful guy. Yes. You just want to have a nice orange juice after after the match, go home <laughs> on your scooter and not get in any trouble. Right. So we've got millions of list of questions. We haven't got time to answer really any of them. We'll come back to them over the next few weeks. So Gavin, Dan Bowen, Daniel Bowen, Sam, and um, David, who's asked a few actually have all got questions that we're going to go through. Some of them are quite big. So I think let's answer them. We've got time. So like Sam's asked a question about whether the S word, if it happens, will repair the relationship between the fans and ADL. Now I'm let's answer that next time because this is a long this is a long question. Do we have a quick uh, one we can answer now? Yeah, go. Um No, no, I don't know, you tell me. Gavin, who's your player of the season so far? Ah. Uh, ah, uh, okay, that's a quick one, but it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Personally, personally, I love Lobotka and uh it's just I think again, it's one of those players we don't have a substitute for, yeah. and it says a lot. It says a lot because Dem is not a bad player, contrary to popular belief. Yeah, I, I think, like him. I don't I think, think Dem is bad. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad, but there are a few players which um, Spalletti refuses to substitute, and it, I don't think it's because we don't have a substitute for them, but it's because they are too good to be taken out of the pitch. I think they are Kim, they are Lobotka, Osimen, and Kvarskelia. Yeah. Uh, Lobotka is just the key of this team, in my opinion. Even though, even though I think he's becoming a little bit shy, and he could do, he has big, um, he can he can improve a lot. He has a big room for improvement, in my opinion, which says a lot because he's already great and he's already Fantastic my favorite player. player. But yeah. I think sometimes he has so much space in front of him and he's too shy to take it. So instead of taking the space in front of him, like he did in, against Genoa last season when he scored. I was there next Yes, year. yes. He doesn't do it. He always passes horizontally. He has, he's had one goal like that this season. He had another yeah, one. This but season, he's but yeah, capable, but he I agree, but he's capable of doing more. I agree. Having I think said that's a that, very good choice. Okay. Yeah, he's my player of the season so far, which is, again, it's very tough because Kvarskeli, Osimen, you know, Kim, like Zieliski has been amazing. And, but for me, it would be Lobotka. You know, I mean, I would have said that. So because you've said that, I'm going to say someone, I'm going to go for Zielinski because I just love watching him play football. I love the way he t- changes pace 
his technical ability, the way he can beat a player, but also just seeing his confidence go up so much more, like the goals he's scoring, the chances he's creating. Uh, and I love the fact he's this link to the past, that he's the guy that's that's been through. I can't even think how many different Napoli managers, but a lot. Who brought him in? Was it Sari or was it Benitez? I can't remember now. I think it was Benitez. Yes, if you think Benitez, Sari, Ancelotti. No, maybe Gat- no, maybe no. I think it was, no, I think it was Sari. Came because from I think, I think he came with the he came with Iguain money. Anyway, I love all that. But I think probably officially it has to be Osimen or Kvaratskhelia. But we don't give you the official thing on this podcast. Um Dan Byron was being cheeky. If if in March Napoli is still in, are you gonna start to believe? It's hard to answer. I told him what I told him. So that's why he's asking this question. But um I'll have to go. I did what Dan actually says, is Michele gonna hold on to his word he gave me? Yeah, he was he's quite intense, that guy, yeah. But we love you, Dan. Yeah, we love you, Dan. Uh obviously, if we keep winning all games until March. I think by March we would have won the league, so it's not gonna. Be, it's not gonna be about believing. It's gonna be about celebrating. <laughs> it's gonna be about where we're going. To have a yeah, good exactly. <laughs> so it's not gonna be about whether I believe. It's gonna be about whether I'm alive. Because if I'm alive, then <laughs> so no. But yeah, well, I mean, uh, I shouldn't say it probably, but don't the say reason it. why? No, I'm not gonna say it. I don't believe. It's way too early to believe. I'm scared of Juventus a lot. Absolutely. Uh, I'm very scared of Juventus because I'm traumatized by Juventus. And even though we are plus 10 on them, I think we are not safe. But, you know, plus eight is a lot. You know, at eight points. I think it's the right gap. I think if we went in plus 11, we'd start to switch off. And actually, those last 10, 12 minutes were quite useful, I think, for Spalletti to motivate the team with. Who knows? I'm, if, I'm not a football manager. Um, David's got a good question about the difference between Curva A and Curva B. But I think we can put that into the the show we're going to do about chance, and I think. But So thanks so much, everyone, for sending in those questions. Um, it really means a lot. And some of you reached out to see how we, how we were doing because we hadn't done a show for a while. And that's very nice of you all. Um, you know who you are, and thank you very much. Uh, Michaela, do you have a Neapolitan expression of the week? Yes, I have an important uh, expression of the week, and it's about I'm a little bit salty this week because a lot of things have happened. You know, Milan winning at the last minute has ruined my day. And uh, you, yeah, it's don't get on the like, scooter after that. No, it's just like it was honestly, it was like they won two games like that now. Still, you know, like I think in the last three games they won two at the last minute and they tied one in, against Cremonese. So. But still, you know, it's they've won with the help of the referee as well. I really didn't like it. I I'm seeing a lot of you know the Italian media. They're kind of complaining about you know Napoli winning uh, with a with a weak. Well, I mean, they say weak penalty against Empoli, for example, and uh, a lot of like they are talking about Juventus coming back more than Napoli being plus ten on Juventus. So exactly. yeah, so yeah, I think the campaign has started, and uh, they are all crying. A lot of a lot of them are crying that oh yeah, there is, this is Napoli's uh, scudetto to lose. You know, they've like plus ten is way too much, and in Napoli we will call this crying. You know, like Kianya. You know, they are actually crying. But I think they are crying with an ulterior motive because this is the kind of thing that in Napoli we would call can a foot. So the phrase of the week is, and I'm going to explain it, the phrase of the week is, foot but it's very similar to another one, which is very common in Napoli, and it's just very, very short, is can a foot. So what's the can and foot strategy? Can a foot means... You cry, but then you, let's say, take advantage of people. Okay, footre is kind of like, it's kind of like taking advantage, but it's a kind of like a bad word. Let's say, like having sex with people, metaphorically speaking, when they don't okay. want to, screwing oh, with them. Let's say, right? Okay. Um, so when you cry and footy, it means that you are actually complaining 
but then we are winning anyway. So it's kind of like you're disguising your your uh, victories. You're disguising your will to um, to to win, and your strategies behind the appearance of 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 just tears. You know, of 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 crying. So when you are when someone is actually better off than someone else, or when someone is trying to sabotage someone else, you would say you are crying. You are crying, but you are actually planning you know something like can and foot okay. so yes it's uh, i think we, i didn't i didn't make justice too much but yeah I but think it's... this this makes sense we can go and look it up as well i hope i know people do actually they go away and they, they look these things up um but i think again it's like the chart it's about reclaiming in it and we're used to the media you know spinning their own narratives putting pressure on the team but if we can we can take that and and run with it all the better i say Kian a foot. yes. Kian okay. foot is usually referred to again when someone is kind of like winning but complaining about it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not too good. You know, when yeah, when someone, for example, when you went to high school and you knew that guy who always uh complained about not studying and then he always took good grades. Oh god. Yeah, he is the guy who who cries and then actually wins, you know. Yeah. So this like this the strategy of the Italian media now is crying to take Napoli down, but they're actually plotting for Juve Inter and Milan to come back. And uh you know, Allegri is the master of that. You know, Allegri That's is like six wins in a row and it's like, oh yeah, but Napoli, Napoli has this in the pocket, you know, they are way too good that way. Yeah, sure, man. But I think actually Spalletti is being a bit better with this stuff. This, I think last year he wasn't great. He started talking about the S word way too early. And he, now he's being a bit smarter. He might have yeah. learned some lessons. Anyway, so. well, as ever, Michele, it's a great pleasure to hear your perspective from the stadium, from the city. Um, apologies, everyone, we've been away for so long, but we do actually have an open road ahead of us a bit. I've got a, my last kind of crazy week of teaching is next week. Lots of assessments and then things get a bit easier for me. So we'll do some cool stuff we'll look at some charts we'll look back a bit at some things and answer some of the big things we've wanted to talk about for ages we haven't quite had a chance so that's great um you can find michele on twitter at napoli tickets you can find me at henry Calcio. this podcast is part of the far from vesuvius network do check out the other shows like the napoli rant and from n to i and just everybody enjoy this break look back at some of the highlights and Let's do it. Forza Napoli. Sempre. Addio. Addio.